You're listening to the Unlocking Business Growth Podcast with Nola Heal. Nola has over 30 years of experience in financial and operations management for companies around the world. As a part-time CFO, she's dedicated to working with businesses of all sizes to create sustainable growth and amplify strategy. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by Pierre LeVay, the President and CEO of Deep South Resources, a mineral exploration and development company that is focused on the acquisition and development of major mineral deposits in Africa. Deep South Resources holds 100% of the Habe deposit, which is one of the largest undeveloped copper deposits in Africa. A recent preliminary economic assessment showed that at a copper price of three US dollars per pound, the project generates an after-tax net present value of 950 million US dollars and an after-tax internal rate of return of 30%. Welcome, Pierre. Thank you for joining us today. You are from an area in Canada that is very rich in minerals, where only a fraction has been explored or developed so far. And you're the president and CEO of a company looking for copper in Namibia, Africa. To get us started, I wonder if you could give us a little bit of background. What got you started and to where you are today? I'm not a technical person. I'm not a geologist. I started my career as a stockbroker and an investment banker. And because I'm in Quebec, I was mostly participating in raising money for exploration projects in the northern of Quebec and northern of Ontario. So I developed a certain feel for that, a certain knowledge also, and a certain competence in funding these type of projects. At the same time, it was the end of the apartheid in South Africa, and one of my friends with Banque de Suez in France, uh, had introduced me to quite a lot of uh, South African investors who were funneling money out of the country. <laughs> and awesome. most of them had made their money, most of them had made their wealth in, uh, in the mining industry. Right. So at some point, I had the idea of taking the control of a public company and uh, use my network of South African investors to find project in Africa. At that time, mm-hmm. I was one of the very few looking at Africa. Yes. for potential. So I said, let's go there. You know, competition will be, uh, will be small. And I was right for a certain number of years. And uh, the first thing we did was a deal in Namibia uh, where we uh, bought a diamond mine and we operated the diamond mine for a little bit over three years. Then awesome. we sold it that, you know, and we were making profit. It was a, a pretty interesting uh, project, but it was uh, uh, you know, in an agreement with the beers and the government of Namibia. So there was a lot of uh, information we were not able to disclose. So uh, it was creating a lot of problem with the rules because we have to disclose some stuff they were, you know, refraining us to do. So we were doing some good profits. But then when we were trying to finance, raise money to expand the uh, the mine, it, it, it was very complex because of that mm. lack of transparency of information. So we sold it back at profit, and then we uh, we decided to look at other types of project, which were marine diamonds at the time and copper. Also, I started looking uh, early at copper projects. So, and you know, I I just end up you know I like Namibia. I lived there with my family for a couple of you know, three years. My children have started school in Namibia, and then I've developed a very 
uh, interesting network in uh, in uh, in Namibia, but also around my network in South Africa, I've developed a pretty uh, good network. Also, you know, South African investors and uh, and mining operators. So it's uh, it's the a part of the world. Yeah, that part of the world is my second home. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I mean, I, I can certainly. Uh understand what you're talking about with me coming from South Africa. I agree. As they say, once Africa's in the blood, it's always in your blood. And, you know, it's it's quite a fun part of the world. And at the same time, I can certainly, I mean, I can visualize Namibia as you're speaking about it because I, I spent so much time both in the country and in other parts of Africa. So can you tell us uh, a bit of what Deep South Resources is doing at the moment. What are you doing in Namibia? We, uh, the Deep South was originally a Namibian company founded by Namibian shareholders who took the uh, uh, license over a project in the South called the uh, Hyde Copper Project. And uh, it's a project where there was a lot of exploration done in the past by major companies like Rio Tinto, uh, Falcon Bridge, and uh, a company, a smaller company from Australia. Awesome. Uh, so there was a, already a, a pretty important database of exploration there, 66,000 meters of drilling, some metallurgy has been done, some, you know, some uh, pre-feasibility reports. But it was always sub-economic. And uh, mm-hmm. when we took that uh, that project, we were having the idea of looking at tra- trying to find other ways to find an economy to that because it's a massive deposit. It's okay. really a big, big deposit. We're talking at the moment of 5 billion pounds of copper in the ground. So wow. it's, uh, it's significant. That, a very low grade and uh, not very easy to extract the metal from that very hard granite rock. Mm-hmm. So uh, pretty challenging sub-economic. Then we had a deal with uh, Tech Resources in Canada, the largest uh, diversified mining company in Canada, where they have developed, where they they had an option to acquire 70% of the project. They spent quite a lot of money on exploration again. Uh, But in 2015, they were... uh, uh, starting, yeah, they had they had financial problems in the company. They had to cut some uh, exploration expenditure all around the world, and it was the only project they had in Africa. Mm-hmm. So uh, at that point, they you know they, they they were looking at ways of getting out of the project. Uh, so we listed the Deep South in Canada in uh, September 2016 through an okay. RTO, and that has became uh, Deep South Resources, and right. in. Uh, uh, in uh, April, uh, May 2017, we took over the, the 70% interest of uh, tech. And uh, so Deep South became, again, 100% older of the project. But at the same time, tech became our larger shareholder. So, oh, well, that's pretty interesting. Uh, there was an exchange of shares into that. There was some cash payment and, and other stuff. But uh, uh, so and they're still our uh, our largest shareholders. They have been diluted since then, but they're still a very large shareholder. Uh, and we we took over the project with the idea of changing the minding behind the project and find ways of extracting the metal at low capex, low investment capital uh, capital investment, and low operational cost. So we had to look at uh, uh, you know, many. Uh, uh, extraction technology, and we found out that bio-leaching, uh, it's a heap leaching using bacterias on top of the sulfuric acid, was working extremely well with very, very high recovery 
uh, of copper, like up to 96% of the copper was recreated by the uh, recovered by the uh, that technology. So we decided to go forward and do our own test with biotechnology with uh, one ton sample, and we gave very good results. And the second goal we were having was to um, refine the the uh, the drilling because most all the drilling was done vertically, and. Uh, yeah, there there was some high grade pods in the the deposit that were not really well tested, and where you were in need of drilling in vertical to cross these uh, structures because it's mainly vertical or subvertical structures. Mm. And uh, we were starting to do that uh, in early in 2021, and uh, we were showing some very good grade improvement. So we were on our way to start a feasibility study on the project. That's what we have proposed to the Ministry of Mines, an investment of about uh, $7 million US. Uh, we had already spent another $7 million US in acquiring the project and then doing all these, these tests that we were doing plus the drilling. Uh, sadly, in June, the Minister of Mines sent us a letter because it was the renewal time for our uh, license and they said that uh, they considered that we have not spent enough money on the project and uh, so they decided to not renew our license oh so, golly that's uh, not that good has, no no that was a very important setback <laughs> that's a bit of a shock <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah but then then we realized that the minister was poorly informed uh in his mind it's like if we were doing nothing on that project you know mm -hmm. it's like uh but further down the line, we discovered that the ministry, the minister two years ago had done, had decided to clean up the expiration licenses because over 50% of the expiration license in the country are not active. People don't have the money or the technical or financial resource to uh, explore them. So uh, they decided to clean that. So it's, it's a pretty big cleanup. And uh, two advisors of the minister uh, decided to <laughs> put a couple of good projects in the basket of the unactive project, and one of them was our project. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so now we realize that there was there was something in the background that was not making sense. You know, two two opportunistic people have <laughs> tried to uh, to you know to move us out of the, our project. So we decided what? to request from the court, High Court of Namibia, a. Uh, uh, a review of the decision of the minister, which is a kind mm -hmm. of appeal of the decision of the minister, and at the same time to interdict the ministry to do uh, uh, to each grant the license to anyone, anyone else. Okay. So, like an injunction, yes. and that has been granted by the court. Fantastic. So now the project is frozen; they cannot do anything with it. And uh, now we are moving forward with that uh, court case and. Uh, so far, it does not look so good on their side. We filed up to up to five fifteen hundred pages of documents supporting you know, our project, Fantastic. which we have proposed, and so on. And so far, they have provided nothing to support their decision. Wow! And this this week they have uh, by Thursday they have to provide these documents. If it's not provided, then uh, it's like if they have no case. Mm, so, so it's moving pretty quickly. Then it would appear yeah, yeah. that. Uh, that is yes. that is certainly encouraging. Um, so, you working exclusively in Namibia at the moment, or do you have options in other places as well? We that were perhaps working you're not only, developing. 
we were lo- lo- working only on that project. It's a pretty okay. big project, and it was you know we we decided to put our focus there. <laughs> Makes but sense. In March, we have started to look at projects in other countries, like. Uh, of course, we because we want to stay in copper, uh, we've looked at some South American countries, awesome. uh, and we've we've looked also at uh, Zambia and Botswana. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't want to take another project in Namibia until we have resolved that matter with yes. the Ministry of Mines, uh, and we're pretty near of having another acquisition in uh, in one country surrounding near Namibia. So it's. Uh, uh, let's hope it, it can work. We uh, also have some good projects we're looking in uh, in Canada also. So well, that's very we'll interesting. So you're yeah. certainly working on a couple of opportunities that potentially, depending on what happens in Namibia, you may put some on the back burner or move forward with a few in parallel. In parallel, yeah, that's what we will do because we intend now to develop a larger, uh, let's say, a larger number of projects to protect Ooh. ourselves from problems like this in the future, but also bring more added value to our shareholders. And we're capable of doing that. We have a very good technical team. Uh, so, you know, there's ways where we can probably handle two or three projects, including that one in Namibia, because this project in Namibia still remains our main priority. You know, we want to get Excellent. back the... Uh, the uh, the license and and uh, you know move forward with it and we would like to have the opportunity to talk to the minister of mine to exp- to to present to him directly uh, uh, the opportunity they have to work with us you know it's like a, yeah. it's it's a bit strange where it is so it's uh, no, so if we have that opportunity I think we will we we will be uh, very good with that in the future yeah makes a lot of sense and I mean certainly this is the opportunity that is most advanced in your Yes. in your basket of opportunities. Do you yes. have a footprint in country in Namibia? So is there a yeah. cash burn or a couple of people that you have on the ground? Yeah, we uh, our chairman is uh, is the, based in Wintook. Uh, our uh, CFO for our local company is based in Wintook also. She is also on the board of directors of Deep South, like, okay. like our chairman. And uh, we have uh, we have a secretary there. We have uh, two geologists in South Africa. Uh, our main geologists are in South Africa, and we have another geologist in uh, in in Wintook in Namibia. Yes. And we're looking now to potentially hire another geologist. Who will potentially be on our board of directors also. So from Namibia, she's based in Namibia. Yeah, so it's certainly in in the interests of of the people in country to. Yeah continue with this this project do you have a um apart from tech do you have other major shareholders institutional blocks or individual blocks or are you fairly widely held institutions are probably a, a little bit below 10 percent management nice. uh, the three of us we uh, we control uh about eleven percent. So we're we're uh, and tech is sixteen percent. The rest is uh, is the you know general public. No, that's great. Yeah. So I mean, you you certainly have have quite a a diverse shareholding. Let's let, yeah, yeah. let's get this moving along. Um. So you listed in Canada. Do you just have the one listing? About, no, awesome. no, 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 sorry, okay. no. Uh, we're also listed on uh, OTCQB in the in the United States nice. and in Frankfurt and Germany. OK, 
Okay. Well, that is that is interesting. Yeah. I mean, it, it can be expensive. I speak from personal experience. It can be expensive to be public, but there yes. certainly are benefits to being public. And I mean, it certainly sounds like in your situation, if you do start some of these other projects, at least you have a route to raising financing too. Yeah. So. yeah. And we have raised quite a lot of funds, you know, the, the, the other directors and myself in our career. So we're not very nervous for raising funds in the future. It's just that we need the project to, to, you know, to bank on the, uh, the potential fundraising. So yeah, makes so a lot of fine. sense. Yeah. We're progressing. Well, I, I, I must say, but by the end of the year, we, uh, we will certainly have started changing the face of the company. With a new project and and hopefully with <laughs> getting our rights back in the middle. Yeah, getting this one back, yeah. I mean, certainly bioleaching sounds like some interesting new technology. Is it being used in other places in the world that you became it's aware of? It's not so it? new. It, 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 it exists since 40 years. Okay. And it has started in Chile. And uh, most of the Chilean large, most of the large producer of copper in Chile are using it. For different applications, okay. you know, it's like uh, they blend it with other technologies. They use it for uh, their stockpile. They use it on, on different, but, and uh, for a reason, for a certain number of technical reason, it works extremely well with the ore that, uh, you know, the minerals on our have? project. Yeah. It's uh, because it's one of the, if not the oldest porphyry copper in the world, it's 1.8 billion years old. And when you look at, compare at what you have on the Western edge of the Americas, you know, the Rockies, the, the Andes, uh, they're generally speaking, it's 100 to 200 million years old. So mm. we can see that ours is a lot older. So it, the rock has transformed many times. The chemistry of the rock is not the same anymore. It's, uh, so it's, uh, it, that's, you know, there's many reasons like this why it's reacting well with bioleaching. So, yeah, uh, pretty but awesome. it's, uh, we, we, we will be probably the first company to use it as a standalone product. That is interesting. So we're going to have to watch the space and, and see oh, the yeah. press releases you come out with. That's, that's really interesting. So you certainly have a significant challenge in this company, but in the oh, past yeah. and over time through your career, you must have had challenges along the way. Have you had any particular techniques or secrets for unlocking your success and and for both the companies as well as your shareholders that you've had? Well, <laughs> the main one is uh, first, you know, competence. I think over time you become more and more competent and uh, we know more the trick of the trade and we have around us a very strong technical team, very competent, with very long experience. So, Having a team with, with experienced people is very important. It's, uh, it's the key of unlocking success. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of luck sometimes uh, you mm -hmm. know, pays off. Like I, I, can, I can tell you once we have spent quite a lot of money in the diamond industry to, and we were certain we were having three deposits on a specific area and we found the three deposit. Sadly, Mother Nature was not on our side because the diamonds were just too small to be economic. <laughs> ah. So that happens, you know, that's exploration yes. is what it is. You know, it's yes. like, a, but for a certain number of years, it was a success and it was moving well. You know, it's yeah. like, a, but, you know, there's only the, the, the statistics are showing that there's less than one project exploration project 
out of 10,000 projects that will become a mine one day. Very so makes, interesting statistics. shows you that, you know, it's a perseverance project. Yes. It, it, you have to persevere all the time. It's, Absolutely. it's very, very important. Well, it's quite apparent you've at least had some luck on your side. But, um, yeah. yeah, you know, I think you probably hit the nail on the head there with saying that a lot of it comes down to the skill sets and the experience. You yes. have the right people around you and you can make your own luck as well. There's a greater Absolutely. degree of generated luck. Shall we call yeah, it. yeah. And, and, most of the uh, you know very well known investors or you know analysts uh, in our field will always tell the same look at management first yes. and if management is is as the skill and experience and competence to do it then you can look at the project yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no for, I mean... for investors that's what investors will have to do you know it's like that, that's the best uh, that's the best uh, uh, advice I can give to investors. Start by yeah. looking at management. When you're satisfied with management, you look at the project and look yeah. at the way they do. No, it makes a lot of sense because, I mean, our successful um, groups of management are inclined to move from one project to another. And, and you do find them splitting up and moving in a few different directions. But the track record certainly in the mineral field um is a is a big indication of future success so yes. that's pretty awesome so i don't know how far ahead your team has thought would you plan to be an exploration company or move into the development side as well and build the mine if if and when the time were to come um our specialty is really to do, and our competence is to be an explorer and developer up to feasibility studies. Right. After feasibility studies, then we can certainly build a mine, but it's preferable as a small company that we have a larger one that comes awesome. and join us to develop it. If we were not to find a developer at that point in time, then we would develop it ourselves. But our, right. our preference is to have a major coming out, you know, in bed with us to develop it when we have the feasibility study in place. We're very competent to go to that level. No, makes a lot of sense. And again, it comes down to that experience and and track record. We know yep. that the majors have got long histories of developing the mines. They have the expertise on, on that yep. side. So it does make sense to either hand off to them or work in cooperation with someone that has been there, done it in, in that area in the past as you well. See, our, our goal is to take a project like this one in, in Namibia, turn it around with different technologies, coming with new ideas, looking at it differently, and then rebuild added value on the project with proving that it works, proving that we can have higher grade, reestablish the resource in a better shape in a more economic way. And then when it's done, you do a feasibility study on it. And then it's just mine construction arriving there. Then uh, it's, a, it's a big shift for a small company. You know, oh, you, yeah. you go from an exploration company to a mining company. Now nine out of 10 will fail. <laughs> no, so, very, very uh, true. So that's, very, and... that's why you better bring the right people on board and preferably the majors because they know what they're doing. Yeah, and it makes a lot of sense. Either that or you, you'll probably find that you will 
will uh, rotate your executive out to be people with experience yes, in, in that absolutely. field and transition to be a, a very, very different company. Yeah. So, if, if but, we have to go there and we develop it ourselves, means that I will not be the CEO anymore. Well, or I will go. be the CEO, but not the president. I will not necessarily run the uh, that part of the operation because it's not my competence. I've never yeah. built a mine. Yeah, <laughs> I've no, operated some, but uh, not build one. Well, let's hope that if you get to that stage, and let's hope you do get to that stage, that you're still one of the shareholders, that you can actually benefit at oh, that yeah, stage yeah. as well. That would be very exciting, I must admit. You can move on to your daily activities can be potentially That's something true. else, but at least you can benefit from your hard work to that point as well. Yeah, yeah. That's the, so in our that's entrepreneurial companies, we know that um, there, there's quite a variation in success. Some people really do seem to succeed with fair ease. They know how to do it. They know how to, to accumulate teams. But others really struggle. Have you noticed that there are any particular characteristics that are the difference between the highly successful and those that just that as try hard as they may they never succeed i would say that the, the there's a lot of luck in, in, involved into that but i would say that again the skill set to be able to to um to find a way to develop or, or to to explore a project to success is very important. Like like one of our geologists is is forty years experience spent most of it by he's a South African spent most of his experience you know on the field. Mm-hmm. He's really a field geologist and he sees some stuff on the field that many other geologists won't see. Awesome. And our other VP, uh, you know, resource development, he's a very highly skilled geologist, but he's more. Uh, into uh, calculating resources, uh, establishing the drilling site exactly, pinpoint on it, creating the database. So he's more on the computer side of that. And he went many times on site with uh, with Viv, our VP Exploration, and, and he was telling me after that, and he's 30 years of experience, you know, it's, it's uh, and he was telling me after that, he, after every of his trip, he said, it's fascinating what Viv can see. He said, mm-hmm. I, I'm not seeing it, and he's pointing it, and then I say, "Ah, oh, okay, yeah, you're right." Okay, so the guy that can see on the field is very, very important. You need to have someone who can see stuff that the others won't see, and then you need the other people that will be able to translate that into data. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. So it's uh, and, yeah. And, we're, we're yeah. pretty lucky to have these two competence with these two skills. With yeah, us. no, very nuanced skill sets that you have. And yeah. it certainly sounds like enormous value in the two very, very different areas that, yeah. um, you know, the, 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 the person with the in the field experience probably wouldn't feel as competent on the computer side. So, no, no, absolutely. Yeah. That's the same. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. And, it's, and the other one is doing resource calculation for big major companies. Yes. So he's very, very skilled to do that. But, but on the field, it's not where he, he's a good geologist, but yeah. that's not where he is. That is, that's not his say, strength. Yeah. Optimal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. Well, that's pretty, pretty, very, very interesting. I must admit. So what trends do you see? 
uh, likely to be coming our way within your industries and potentially in the commodities over the next, let's call it three to five years, which is actually probably quite a long time in our uh, current situation. Yeah, but... Uh, I mean, short time. The, <laughs> <laughs> I would say that some commodities will already are, are trading at pretty high prices, like copper is one example. But I would say that copper is probably the king for at least the next 10 years. And, mm. and the reason is that today uh, you need copper in so many areas and we don't have enough. Yes. The production has, 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 you know, is, is slowing down all the time. The companies have not invested enough in the past 20 years in exploration. So there's no new discoveries and mm. enough to come new mines that will balance that demand that is increasing all the time. We have the electrification of transport, just to give you an, exp an example, right. uh, a normal uh, internal combustion vehicle, you know, a gasoline vehicle is taking 23 uh, kilos of, of copper. An electric vehicle is 80 kilos of copper. Wow. But then Very you need different. to have four times more. You need to have all these infrastructure to charge these uh, these batteries. Also, you need also uh, uh, you know to have uh, uh, copper is also in all the infrastructure. You know, there's a big big uh, new uh, bill in the United States for infrastructure. You will need a lot of copper there. You need copper also in the cloud storage system. So you go on Google, you go on on you know Apple, you go on on uh, name it. You know, it's like every place is where you have search engine. They need a huge amount of of farms with servers that will keep these these data, and they need huge amount of cover wiring. Uh, you have the same with five G. You know, with 5G, we'll need a lot of new towers. So we'll need a lot of wiring again. So when you look at all of what's coming, copper will be extremely highly in demand. That will include also at a lesser uh, level, but uh, uh, you know, minerals like zinc, uh, uh, nickel, uh, because you need all of these in these batteries, uh, lithium cobalt. Uh, so these, because of the way that the world is evolving at the moment with electrification of transport, but also all the cloud storage, plus all the uh, uh, that database with Google and search engine and all of this, plus the bit Bitcoins and all of cryptocurrency that are yeah. very hungry for power. Then you have also the 5G coming. All of this makes that you need a lot of minerals to do that. And there's not enough at the moment. The production is not so high uh, to, to be able to uh, you know, uh, support that, that uh, in, in very important increase in demand. So at least for the next five years, you will have a very good market for some specific commodities. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, Absolutely. Gold and silver is something else because it's more oriented on on other. Uh, but if you look at base Thomas, metal, yeah. base metal will be in demand very very uh, importantly. Yeah, makes a lot of sense because with the with the reduction in the exploration that we have had for uh, some time now, yeah, I mean yeah. A, a lot of those mines are being mined out progressively and by the time these new mines come on stream some of those will have to have been uh, retired so yeah yeah very interesting transition we've got and certainly an enormous opportunity for companies like yourself to get going yeah, and find these awesome 
deposits and, and let's <laughs> Yeah, investors should look at these these commodities and find companies they like. And uh, you know, yes. like copper, you know, it's uh, copper for the next 30, 50 years will be uh, will be at the top level because you don't have any communication without copper, and you don't have any mm -hmm. transportation without copper. So yes. it's very it's yeah. basic. You know? Yeah, no, it really is. From the environmental side, have there been any advances in the copper mining over the years? Or are yeah. they starting to, to progress there now? Now we're progressing quite a lot. There's a, uh, when you look at the traditional way of extracting copper, like most base metals or even gold, when the traditional mm -hmm. way use quite a lot of power and use some roasting process that creates a lot of fumes. Okay. Yes. Now we tend to we tend to look at more uh, you know environmentally friendly. Uh, solutions like heap leaching and bio leaching. It's uh, uh, because there you don't need to roast anything, so you don't create a lot of fumes. Uh, in the case of the bio leaching, when the uh, the remnant or or the you know the stockpile that you will have at the rock that will be left aside at the end is stable, so it's not mm. it's not like we were seeing in the past when it was only uh, done with flotation roasting and, and uh, yes. uh, in the extraction. The stockpiles were not stable, so the rain pouring over that was creating that it was leaching and putting more more uh, base metal. In in the ground mm -hmm. so it was polluting the ground and polluting the ground waters also right. so now we don't have that that situation with bio leaching so it's more greenly fr friendly and we see more and more companies trying to find these kinds of solutions we see also companies like one that i have in mind now anglo-american that has uh, been the first company to test uh, very big trucks because on these big mines you have these very very large uh, 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 you know, howling trucks mm -hmm. and also transportation for their, their crew, all electric. Very so that's what they're testing at the moment. So if they come with that, then they will, their minds will be more clean if they go to leaching and on the transportation of the, the mineral transportation of their themes that will be, will be also less uh, polluting. So it's, there, there's quite a lot of advancement. Yeah, very, very interesting. And certainly Anglo-American is, as you say, they are very large companies. So there's some major changes happening there. So that's yeah. very, very yes. interesting. So is there anything that we perhaps haven't discussed today? Do you have any thoughts in closing? Well, not, nothing really that comes to mind apart to say that uh, look at copper for the next five years, you will mm -hmm. be very happy and look at deep south because if we get our project back, uh, if and when, because I'm pretty sure it's more when than if, when we get our project back, uh, you know, keep in mind, we were we, our value was five times higher when we were having the project than now. So it's uh, we get the project back and it's, it could turn out it's it's risky. It's a good speculation, but uh, yeah. it could turn out to be a, a pretty good, uh, pretty good return. Yeah, good option. And certainly, I mean, during this, this problematic phase that you've had over the last couple of months with looking at other projects, 
perhaps yeah. there's there's an opportunity to watch for news as well and yes, there absolutely. is the potential to get back to where you were but then also yeah. there, there's some diversification happening there so there's yes. not all the eggs are in one basket anymore we're going to have to watch the space and and see yeah. where this investment goes i definitely think we're going to have to watch what your stock price does <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So thank you we, very we have much. We a chance of being a top gainer. <laughs> Absolutely. So if uh, listeners want to contact you, how can people get hold of you and or learn more about the company and the opportunities that you have in store? Just look at our website at deepsouthresources.com awesome. uh, or an email at info at deepsouthresources.com. Uh, and I, I reply to, I answer, uh, you know, all the, uh, the, the emails without a problem and, and in general, quite rapidly without, within 24, 48 hours. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, I'll certainly link up the connections on the show notes page so that people can get hold of those fairly easily if they're listening to this podcast on the run. So thank you very much for joining us today. This was a fun opportunity to chat and certainly um, some pleasant surprises that you've overcome the challenges you had in Namibia because I wasn't yet aware that you were progressing on that problem. The last I heard was you did have a problem. So that is very exciting news. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast. I really appreciated it and uh, look forward to talk to you another time when we progress more. Absolutely. I definitely think we are going to circle back and get the next installment of the news as as you move on. That that, uh, African part of the world is definitely one that I keep my eye on. The Unlocking Business Growth Podcast is sponsored by Protea Consulting Professional Corporation. We help our clients translate their operating and accounting data into the strategy for business growth they're truly capable of. Subscribe to the Unlocking Business Growth podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify to hear from other companies that have overcome growth challenges. Get a free copy of NOLA's latest book, The 5F Strategy, Bottom Line Growth in Any Economy, without additional sales and marketing. And download the Financial Growth Scorecard at proteaconsulting.ca. Work with us to achieve your business potential. To find out if we're a fit for your business, email info at proteaconsulting.ca and follow the Unlocking Business Growth Podcast on LinkedIn and Facebook.